what will it take for the Jets to get to the Super Bowl? We'll discuss that on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen or your first watch each day. We are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. And if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, give this episode a thumbs up. It will help other Jets fans find this channel. Well, obviously, the Super Bowl is now complete. The Rams beat the Bengals on Sunday in a great game. And now we turn our attention to the NFL offseason. Of course, for the Jets, it's been the offseason for over a month now. We're focused on free agency. We're focused on the draft. And the ultimate goal is to get to the Super Bowl. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about what the Jets will need to do to get to the Super Bowl. And I know there's going to be a lot of jokes. The Jets need everything because the Jets are obviously at the bottom of the league. You cannot be much further from the Super Bowl than the Jets have been in the last decade. Yeah, yeah. Great joke. Very funny. But you have to begin somewhere. I mean, two years ago, you probably would have laughed at the idea that the Bengals could get to the Super Bowl. The Rams, when they they probably did not far, fall quite as far as the Jets have, but during the Jeff Fisher era, the 7-9 and nine Rams every year, people probably laughed at the idea they'd get to the Super Bowl. I mean, you go through... NFL history, the Saints were kind of a laughingstock in the NFL before Sean Payton and Drew, Drew Brees arrived in 2006. They had one playoff win in franchise history that spanned over three decades. So yes, the Jets are far from the Super Bowl. I get that. Yes, the Jets need everything. Very funny. Very original. Good one. Um, but they can get there. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take some luck. The Jets can get there, and I want to talk about how the Jets could get to the Super Bowl, and I'm not going to put a time frame on it. I'm not expecting it to happen next year. It's going to be a process. I'm not saying it's going to happen in two years, but these are the things that I think need to happen if the Jets are going to make the Super Bowl. And the first one I think is pretty obvious. Zach Wilson's got to pan out. You know, there's a saying that the NFL is a passing league now, and quarterback play has become more important than ever. Listen, if, you, if you're a student of history in the NFL, you know that quarterback has always been important. And yes, you could argue the importance is rising to a certain extent because the trend, and this, this has been a trend that's lasted for over a century. As the game of football evolves, as we get deeper and deeper into history, the league and the game itself tend to gravitate more towards passing. So yes, you can argue quarterback's more important now, but quarterback's always been important. Look at any great team through history and all the great dynasties had hall of fame level quarterbacks and that means zach has to pan out you know i looked through espn's qbr stats that's a metric espn's done for over 15 years now and i like it a little bit better than quarterback rating because first of all it factors in what a quarterback does rushing the ball and in today's nfl I think we're kind of reaching a point where your quarterback has to have at least some degree of functional mobility. It doesn't need to be great. You know, if you could say Tom Brady, oh, Tom Brady's not mobile. Okay, fine. If your quarterback can process like Tom Brady, if your quarterback can read a defense like Tom Brady, maybe he doesn't need to be mobile. But there aren't many quarterbacks like that. And I think in today's NFL, unless you can read a defense like Tom Brady, 
you don't need to be a guy who's going to regularly run for 100 yards on the ground, but I think you have to have some degree of functional mobility. And QBR kind of factors that in. They factor in the rushing stats. The other thing I like about QBR is that it takes into account game situations. So you don't get a lot of credit if you're down 30 and you throw a couple touchdown passes against prevent defenses in the fourth quarter. It really only factors in your performance when it matters within a game. And I looked through QBR and I went back to 2009 and this is a pretty amazing stat. I looked at every Super Bowl team since 2009 and almost every team had a quarterback in the top 12 of QBR that year. There were, were a few exceptions in 2012. Joe Flacco with the Ravens was not there. Although Flacco did have a tremendous postseason and was maybe the biggest reason the Ravens won the Super Bowl that year. He, he was great in the playoffs. I thought, Honestly, I thought Flacco was emerging as an elite quarterback. You may remember the during that time frame, the big question, is Joe Flacco elite? It was kind of kind of turned into a meme. I really thought Joe Flacco was becoming elite during those playoffs, even though he did not have the greatest regular season that year. So even then, you can't really look back at it and say, oh, quarterback wasn't important for those Ravens. It was. They don't win the Super Bowl without Joe Flacco. Then in 2015, you had Denver with Peyton Manning. And easy to forget, but Peyton Manning was pretty much washed up by that point. And Denver's defense carried them. And Denver had a great defense that year. One of the best defenses in recent memory. And nobody really cares about it because Peyton Manning had so many years during his career with the Colts where he probably should have won a Super Bowl, but the defense held them back. So it was kind of like evening things out, even though he really came nowhere close to being a Super Bowl-level quarterback that season. We kind of forgive him for it, and we kind of forget about that. But that was a team that really had a great defense. Aside from that year, there was pretty much everybody finished in the top 12. There were a few kind of caveats along the way. 2017, Nick Foles was starting at quarterback for the Eagles. Carson Wentz played for most of the year. Wentz was near the top of the league in QBR. So that was a team that got great quarterback play. And of course, Foles played great in the playoffs. Also in 2012, San Francisco pretty much played two quarterbacks through the year, Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. And neither of them played enough to qualify among the league leaders in QBR. But had they, both of them would have had a QBR in the top 12. So the bottom line is, and so you can have, some reservations about QBR, but generally it puts it in the ballpark. You know, I'm not saying it's a perfect metric, but generally it puts it in the ballpark for who's playing well at quarterback. And since 2009, I mean, almost everybody has been a top 12 quarterback who's gone to the Super Bowl. It shows you the importance of the quarterback position. And that means Zach Wilson's got to develop. And it also means the Jets have to surround him with talent. We always talk about quarterback development, and it's always a question of, is it the quarterback? Is it the supporting cast? Well, I think on some level it's both. And the quarterbacks who have made the Super Bowl in recent years, there is a little bit of both for most of them. I mean, on the one end of the scale, you have a guy like a Jared Goff, who probably was helped more by the Rams than it was him developing. But even then, he got a lot better between year one and year two. I mean, year one, there was Troy Aikman saying he went to Rams practice. It wasn't even sure Goff could throw a spiral. He got a lot better between year one and year two. And that's actually kind of a guy I look to for Zach Wilson because I think if we're being honest, it was kind of a disappointing year for Zach. Now, that doesn't mean Zach can't improve. In fact, I hope Zach improves because if Zach doesn't improve, then we're probably not going anywhere. So I still have hopes for Zach. But, you know, you hear all this talk about, you know, especially last year when he was drafted, the comparisons, is he, is he the next Mahomes? Is he the next elite quarterback? I don't like putting that on a young quarterback because – to me, it almost means that if you're not Patrick Mahomes right out of the gate, then you're a disappointment. And that's not necessarily the case at all. You could be a really solid, I mean, you could be just a credible starting quarterback. I think 
the goal for Zach Wilson next year should be to be a credible starting quarterback. Let's get to you know, walk before you can run. He doesn't need to be an MVP candidate next year. He's got to get to the point where he looks pretty solid. And I think there were points during the season where Zach looked solid. I thought to me, his best game was week 17 against Tampa Bay, where I'm not sure he did anything spectacular, but I felt like that was like the one game from start to finish. There were some other games where maybe he did it for half, but that was the game from start to finish where he looked really comfortable in the pocket, where he was very decisive making reads, where he was throwing inaccurate football. And for now, I feel like that would be enough. I feel like that's that's the point you want to get to for Zach. And the Jets have to help him along the way. They got to get him. And I, I think the Jets have not been as bad as they've been with other young quarterbacks as far as the supporting cast goes, but you don't stop building. I mean, I think the offensive line is not horrible, but you want a, as good of an offensive line as possible. The receiving core, again, not horrible. You want it to be as good as possible. It's really hard to develop as a quarterback in the NFL. It's really hard to play right off the bat. And you want to make things as simple as possible, as easy as possible. You don't want to force Zach Wilson to constantly navigate from messy pockets. You don't want him to have to constantly make tight window throws, scanning the entire defense. You want him to do these things as infrequently as possible because everything else a quarterback is so hard. And yes, he's going to have to do these at times. He will have to operate from situations where he's under pressure in the pocket He'll have to make tight window throws. He'll have to scan the entire field. But you want to build up the confidence. You want to build up the success as much as possible early in his career. So it's partially on Zach. Zach has to be better. You know, if Zach comes out and plays at the level or close to the level he did as a rookie, this time next year, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have discussions. But he can improve. We've seen quarterbacks improve in the past. And part of this is on the Jets, making sure he's got the right supporting cast around him, making sure that you've maximize your opportunities for success and minimize the amount of difficulty Zach Wilson's going to have. So it's on both of them. And it's really important. You know, if Zach Wilson does not pan out, it sets the franchise back. I mean, it's probably going to be a few more years before we can even imagine the Jets making big, the big leap. So that's clearly number one. I guess you probably did not need to hear me go on for 10 minutes about why quarterback's important, but it really important. If you want to be a Super Bowl team, it begins with the quarterback. The quarterback has to be good. You have to build around the quarterback. Both of those have to happen. Now, ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the other things I think the Jets will need to do if they ever want to reach the level of the Rams. And I guess the Bengals are really more of the template because the Bengals came from the bottom of the league. But if the Jets want to reach the big game, we're talking about what they need to do today here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. Obviously, this year's Super Bowl is now over. That means football season's over, but basketball is in full stream for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your best source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or your first watch every day as we are free and available on all platforms. Locked On Jets is now on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube and you like this episode, give it a thumbs up so it will help other Jets fans find this channel. Today we're talking about what the Jets could do or what they need to do to get to the Super Bowl. And again, I said at the beginning, make your jokes. I know the Jets are very far away. Make your jokes. They need everything. Very funny. You got to start somewhere, though. And I talked in the first segment about the quarterback position. And I think 
that one's pretty obvious. You know that Zach Wilson's got to develop. If he doesn't develop, then we're not going to be talking about the Super Bowl for a very long time. I guess the second point I'm going to make is fairly obvious as well. Jets got to bring in some blue chip talent. And it's probably going to have to happen through the draft. You know, in the NFL, the guys who are the elite difference makers tend not to hit free agency because you got the franchise tag because just the nature of the sport, a very violent sport, career-altering injuries happen all the time. If your original team offers you a contract that's worth a decent amount of money, most guys are probably going to take it. So probably more through the draft. Sometimes there's a trade, though. And the Rams showed us they made a couple big trades. Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, they added through trades. Though Ramsey was not very good in the Super Bowl. He did play a big role in that team winning a championship this year. And of course, Stafford did as well. But I think sometimes we get a little too focused on the specific positions. And I think that can be a mistake because at the end of the day, what you need is you just need blue chip talent. You need guys who are difference makers. And the specific position they play is not as important as I think people tend to think. I mean, look at the Rams. Who is their best player? I guess you could argue Cooper Cup, but really it's Aaron Donald, I would say. I mean, I'd say it's Aaron Donald. Now, does he play a position that's viewed as like the top value position? Now, defensive tackle is an important position in the NFL, but I think if we're talking on defense alone, most people would rank it below edge rusher. They'd rank it below corner, but he's a guy who changes the game. And to look at it in a different way, last year, heading into the NFL draft, how many people talking about team building? And I'm a big believer in building up the offensive line. But how many people, as far as team building goes, said that the Bengals have to draft an offensive lineman? They can't take Jamar Chase. And wide receiver is, this may not be the greatest example because wide receiver is viewed as a high value position. But the Bengals kind of went against what people were thinking. They, they, the people who were talking about team building, emphasizing the importance of one specific position over another, they said they can't take Jamar Chase. Well, as it turns out, that was the right pick. And listen, I'm not saying that the Bengals absolutely have to build up the offensive line. That line's not good enough, and they got to do a better job protecting Joe Burrow as they move forward. But people kind of felt like that was a bad move last year when they took Chase over the offensive lineman. As it turns out, you really just got to add impact players. You have to add blue-chip talent. You can't be as focused on the specific position they play. And let me give an example out here. And I don't love talking about this yet because we're focusing on the draft. And I think there's a little bit more nuance that goes into it. But there's a guy who's generated a lot of discussion for the Jets as far as picks four and pick 10 go. That's Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. And I'll talk about him more in future episodes, especially as we get closer to the draft. So I'm not going to debate how good he actually is, but let's say hypothetically, let's just throw out your evaluation right now. I've heard some comparisons to Eric Berry, the great former safety of the Chiefs. I've heard some people say Kyle Hamilton can be that good. Eric Berry was a great player. So let's say hypothetically, Kyle Hamilton is that good. I think he'd absolutely be worth a top pick. Eric Berry was a guy who changed games. Eric Berry was a guy who made everybody around him better. And just because he plays the safety position, that doesn't necessarily mean you eliminate him from your draft board as far as you know, for picking in the top 10 goes. I think that there's kind of this misperception that you can only take guys at premium positions with early picks, top picks. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because Eric Berry was taken very high in his draft class that turned out to be a great pick for the Chiefs. And when we talk about what positions are premium positions, part of that goes into not so much the elite level players, but maybe the more ordinary players. You know, at the safety position, it's not that hard to find a guy who can play. 
typically every off season, there's like one, one or two guys out there, even in like June or July who are unsigned, who can be signed, who are credible starters at the position. Whereas at a spot like edge rusher or a spot like tackle, even guys who are like average middle of the pack guys are very difficult to sign. And when they hit the open market, they tend to get big money deals. So I think that that's a, an aspect of positional value that people kind of miss. It's not always just about the elite players An elite player is an elite player. A difference maker is a difference maker, no matter where they play. It's more the ordinary players. And yes, I think to be fair, you always have to factor in the possibility that you're just wrong about a pick. You know, there are some players you think are going to be great who are just kind of average. And, you know, if you draft a guy you think is going to be great, who's just average at left tackle, that's still got a lot of value. If you draft in the top 10 a safety you think is going to be great, who's just average, that's not a very good pick. So that has to come into play. I'm not saying that positional value is totally irrelevant, but I think sometimes we act like it's the only thing that matters. And really what matters is just finding blue chip talent. I remember back in 2017, of course, that was the draft. The Jets picked Jamal Adams sixth overall. In the second round, the Jets drafted Marcus May, and they had already drafted Adams in the first round. I remember there was a huge reaction to that. I remember a number of people said, even if Marcus May pans out, this was a bad pick because the Jets did not need a safety. They already drafted the safety in the first round. I don't care how May, how good May is. We're going to look back on this as a bad pick. What do you say now? Do you say it was a bad pick because the Jets drafted a position they didn't really need? Would you say it's a bad pick because they went safety, which is not a premium position? Sometimes we overthink these things. Sometimes we obsess over position. It's just about finding the right players. It's about finding guys who can make an impact. And it's not so much about what position they like. It matters to some extent. And there are some other factors, like I mentioned about what if the guy's not as good as you think you have to have some humility when you're drafting, when you're signing players, you have to understand that you're going to miss on some of your evaluations and building yourself some cushion there can help out. But as much as anything, it's just about adding talent, just bringing in blue chip talent that fits your system that's really how you get to where the Rams and Bengals are, even if it's not at the position you think you need the most. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll talk about some other things the Jets will need to keep in mind if they want to get to the Super Bowl, if they want to have a rise like the Cincinnati Bengals just did. We'll continue here on our Tuesday episode. On today's episode, we're talking about fixing the Jets. And if you need to fix your car, go to rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto because Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer and Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday. On today's show, we're talking about how the Jets can make the long trip from the bottom of the NFL to the Super Bowl. Of course, the Cincinnati Bengals made that trip a little bit shorter. I'm not sure we can expect the Jets to get there next year with their second-year quarterback. It may take a little bit longer than one year. It may take a little bit longer than two years. But we're hoping the Jets can get there. And, again, there's a lot of work that has to be done. They only won four games this year, so there's going to have to be a big improvement 
in a lot of areas. And one of the biggest ones is obviously they have to add more talent. We talked about that in our last segment. You know, part of building just means understanding what you're looking for. And that goes for on the field. I think many times in free agency, teams make mistakes because they go for maybe the big name instead of somebody who fits their system well. And building, knowing what you want can also mean in the locker room. I just read an article, a great article at The Athletic about how the Bengals were built. And they talked about how that team, the Cincinnati Bengals, they had this core of players who had been there for a very long time. And a lot of them were very good players and they had success, but they decided to let a lot of those guys go over the last two years. And the reason for that was this was kind of the leadership core of the team. And they wanted essentially to give young players a chance to take a leadership role. It was never going to happen with guys who had been there for a decade. So they let guys like AJ Green go and, you know, a guy who hasn't been there as long, but the article indicated that one of the biggest reasons they let Carl Lawson go wasn't that they disliked Carl Lawson. It wasn't that they didn't want to keep Carl Lawson. It's that, he had been around for a while and they again wanted to let the new guys kind of feel like they could take control of the locker room. So they let him go and they signed Trey Hendrickson who had a great season. And of course we all hope Carl Lawson bounces back this next season for the jets, a guy with a lot of ability, unfortunate injury cost in his last season. So when you're building, it's about finding guys who fit your system, but it's also about building the right locker room. It's about empowering your younger players. And you know, there's also something to be said for taking a calculated gamble. You got to get a little lucky. Now, you, get, you take calculations into account. You, you're not just blindly throwing money out there. You're not just blindly making trades, but sometimes you have to roll the dice. I mean, I think about the Bengals signing Hendrickson. He was a guy who really had one big year with the Saints and went out there and just had as good of a season as you can imagine his first year in Cincinnati. I think about the Rams. And the Rams have rolled the dice a lot in recent years. In fact, I have to admit, I got, I got a couple things wrong with the Rams. The Rams have taught me the value of the trade market. You know, that deal for Ramsey. And again, not so much the Super Bowl. I know he was bad in the Super Bowl, but he was a big part of that defense the last couple of years. I don't think they win the Super Bowl this year without Jalen Ramsey. I don't think they get to the Super Bowl this year without Jalen Ramsey. And of course, the trade for Matthew Stafford, where that was really going all in. They gave up a lot. I mean, they've given up a a ton of draft capital to add blue chip talent, and it's worked out. So sometimes you just need to be able to roll the dice. Sometimes you need to take a calculated gamble. Sometimes you just have to throw convention to the side. And sometimes you just kind of get lucky. I know that's something that hasn't happened for the Jets. Hopefully luck evens out in the near future. I mean, for the Jets, it's not just that they've been bad. It's they've been, if we're being honest here, yes, the Jets have been bad. They've also been really unlucky over the last decade. When you talk about any number of areas, injuries, guys that didn't work out, you know, CJ Mosley, a perfect example, a guy who hasn't really worked out in part because things that are beyond his control and beyond the Jets' control. So sometimes you just got to get lucky when, when, when you take a calculated gamble. And hopefully that happens going forward with the Jets. But part of luck is design. Part of it is knowing what guys fit your system, what guys are going to fit your locker room, knowing the type of locker room you want to build and figuring out a way to empower a new group of leaders, the next generation of leaders on your team as the Bengals have done and taking the right calculated gambles as the Rams have done. Anyway, that's all for our episode today. Thank you so much for listening and so much for watching. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a thumbs up to help other Jets fans find the channel. Hope you have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow we will have our weekly mailbag show here on the Lockdown Jets podcast.